0: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk.
1: Hello and welcome to our latest edition of Argyle Chat. After what seemed like an age, Argyle finally got their man last week when Ryan Lowe was appointed as the Pilgrim's new boss. Joining me to look back on the appointment and to a new era with Ryan at the helm are Chris Harrington and Jack Ball. Hiya
2: chaps. that's noon. How's June? The wait is over. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> took a while in coming, didn't it, but I knew the key... To getting an appointment was us recording our podcast last Absolutely. week. Absolutely,
1: we were holding, hanging fire, and
2: waiting and waiting and waiting for that appointment.
1: It was didn't seem like it was going to come, did it last week? But no. we thought we'd do one anyway. So we thought we'd
2: do it, and then but we said on the podcast, didn't we, Jack? Yeah, we well, you it. just knew that as soon as we started sort of going into all well, what's going to happen and what might happen within a couple of hours, we'd, we'd sort of got. Word that it was actually happening. The power in our hands is unbelievable. (laughs) The things we could do to this world.
1: Indeed. Um, Well, we put a request out for questions, as we usually do, and uh, needless to say, we had a fantastic response. So, Thank you, everyone. Yep, indeed. Thanks to everyone. Um, I think the most common question, Chris, was when is the press conference going to be? When when are the
2: Argyle fans going to hear from their new boss? Uh, It's going to be on Tuesday morning, um, around about 10 10 o'clock. Um, so that's when we're getting to see Ryan Lowe and the Argyle Chief Executive, uh, Andrew Parkinson. Uh, I don't believe that Simon Halleck will be there. He was at the EFL Summer Conference in Portugal last week with Andrew Parkinson and Zach Newton. But uh, the chairman's returned to the States, although I think he's back later in the month. So we're going to see Ryan Lowe and Andrew Parkinson. And obviously there's... Uh, an awful lot of questions to, to ask Argyle's new manager
1: absolutely another mm-hmm. one was how long are the contracts for but I guess that's one for
2: tomorrow isn't it really? That's well, there's been no confirmation from Argyle yet but that on my long list of questions that I've already <laughs> drawn up um, is one of the top ones Yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that there hasn't been any uh, confirmation for that you would suspect at least two years and maybe three years, but yeah. um, hopefully we'll find that out tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. Well, Richard Sloman sent a question in asking Will Ryan and his family be moving down to the southwest? I guess that's also on your list of questions. And you'd imagine the length of contract will be to do with that, I guess. If he's uprooting his whole family, then. It's going to be longer than two years, you'd imagine, wouldn't
2: you? I mean, a lot of the talk in the appointment process was, well, will Ryan Lowe be prepared to to come down to Plymouth? Will he move his family down? Um, he had that brief period at Milton Keynes Dons, um, but only lasted about a year, and then he went back to the northwest. So, very much um, a, a northwest man, Liverpool born and bred. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear from him how he envisages working for Argyle and would it be just him that comes down? Would his family come down? If he's bringing his family down, I'm sure he would have assur- sought some sort of assurances from Argyle that you know, they're not going to replace him after four or six months or something like that. You wouldn't want to uproot your family unless you had some sort of assurances along those sort of lines. Um, so yeah, another question, Richard, that you know, we'll obviously ask and um, it'd be uh, interesting to hear the responses. Absolutely. Happy Jack. Yeah, I think it's a very good appointment. We said in the podcast last week that,
0: um, you know, once the appointment was announced, I think fans would forget how long it took to get there. And I think that's definitely the case. I was saying to Chris, the fact that got paid compensation for a manager, um, they've gone gone after their their main target and secured it, is, is a really good um, indication as to the direction Simon Hallett wants to take the club in. I know obviously it was a disaster. No one would argue the fact they got relegated last year. But this to me is the first step in in sort of Building something that makes fans want to return to home park, you know, there's always going to be a loyal base, but you still need some sort of product to make people want to turn up in their numbers, and hopefully, when you when you read about what Rhino did at Barry and the way and the style of football he played, that's definitely one that's sure to uh, attract people, and fingers crossed it works as well as it sounds like it will do on paper.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that was certainly the reaction that we seem to have got from the Green Army on on social media was. You know, looking at what he did at Bury and the way that they played, I think yeah. Argyle fans are just really looking forward to that entertaining brand of football.
2: Yeah, top scorers in League Two last season as they won promotion. The same next season would uh, do everyone uh, well, wouldn't it? From an Argyle persuasion, that's you know, you want to see your team win games and score goals, mm-hmm. and in an ideal world, and that's what uh, Ryan Lowe managed to achieve at Barry last season. I it mean, just to echo the point that Jacks just made—that you know, Argyle have paid compensation, the The exact figure hasn't been confirmed officially, but it does seem to be £150,000. You know, when you think that, that Simon Hallett's paid the compensation for, for a manager, having then dispensed with the services of Derek Adams and Paul Watton, that's quite a sizable sum yeah. of money that's involved in replacing managers. Now, um, you know, I, I often worry that, that fans look at owners as just cash points basically and every time you've got a problem that you need solving well he should put his hand in his pocket and do this and he should put his hand in the pocket and do that. Uh, Simon Hallot I think has more than proved his commitment to Argyle financially in terms of what he's put into the club mm. uh, in terms of the grandstand project which almost certainly would not have happened mm. if he hadn't have done so. Um, he's change managers he's brought a new manager in um, I would imagine that Ryan Lowe's probably got some assurances from Simon Hallett about finance that he might be able to use in the squad so I think Argyle fans you know, down the road have to accept that you know Simon Hallett has more than done his, his bit he's up to 94% yeah. shares in the club he bought out the remaining 30% of James Brent so you know, um, that's further commitment.
0: So I was he, gonna say your piece you did with James, I found very interesting, mm-hmm. the fact that he said, you know, there were certain things that he couldn't take them any further. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Simon's dipped into his pocket a few yeah. times, and you're right, you mm-hmm. shouldn't expect that all the time. But the fact he's yeah. got the ability
2: to do that if necessary, it's, mean, it's good. It's but good. you know, you, you don't want to rely on that too much. And just use your owner as a cash point and And you run the you do run a risk then of, you know, financial problems down the line. But um, yeah, it, it, i can't recall our goal playing compensation for a manager before it's um in a very unusual situation but he clearly was their number one target they identified him as the number one target and they, they've got him, so they, they deserve credit for that.
1: Absolutely, and, and credit for the patience as well because I imagine, you know, we know how vocal Simon mm. Hallett is on Twitter. He yes. must have been itching to put <laughs> tweets out there to
2: people but for obvious reasons he just couldn't do that. Kidding. He must be glad the appointment process is over because he was getting bombarded on Twitter, yeah. wasn't he, with people uh, tagging him into posts and saying, well, what's happening and what's this that, and what... And, you know, Simon Hallett will, I think, freely admit that he... He believes in transparency and he wants more transparency at the football club but you know you in situations like it. this you, you can't do it no, and exactly. particularly with the situation surrounding Barry that definitely complicated matters because they're in such a financial yeah. mess I think that was one of the well I maybe mean, we touched on it in the podcast last week didn't we you know it was one of the reasons why things were delayed that you know financially it was a bit of a mess at Barry and was Ryan Logan going to get all his money owed in wages and this that and the other paid to him and so, it, it got messy, but we've moved past that point now. We've got a new manager. He's um, bringing in Steve Schumacher. as his assistant yeah, manager. Yeah, well, I was just about to ask you about um, Steve which will be Schumacher. An interesting, which yeah. will be an interesting one. And, you know, could other staff follow? Uh, could Bury players follow? I think that's highly likely. Um, so, the, the sort of... The exodus from Barry to Argyle might continue. Uh, I mean, I know you, you did a good piece on Steve Schumacher in his career. And... Um, you know, you yeah. can see what, what he brings to the table. Yeah,
1: it, it's interesting in the sense that, you know, we've we've spoken before about whether Argo perhaps paid the price of having two people in Derek Adams and Paul Watton of similar characters. You know, you quite often need that good cop, bad cop combination, mm. which tends to generally work well. Were they too similar? Um, I don't know. You guys would probably know more than me. Um, with Ryan Lowe and Stephen Schumacher, I mean, Schumacher is very much a winner. You know, you look at his career as a player, captain of England under 19s at a young age. Uh, He was captain, I think, at Crewe, captain at Berry. So he's obviously a leader of sorts. Um, Only recently gone into coaching, only went to Berry at the start of last season, I think it was, or or when they were sort of struggling at the wrong end of League One and went down. So um, relatively new to coaching. But I certainly think there's that
2: yin and yang. You know, partnership between the two of them. Get yeah, two young, two young people in terms of management, aren't they? Ryan Lowe, forty. Yeah. Stephen Schumacher, thirty-five. Um. Obviously,
1: someone he can, Ryan yeah. Lowe can trust as well because he's had him as his number two at Bury and is keen to bring him down here. So.
2: Well, they they must get on well together because I think Ryan Lowe's a big Liverpool fan and yeah. Steve Schumacher's a, a big Evertonian. So, um, Absolutely. if if a, an arch Liverpool fan and an arch Everton fan can work together, they must have a, a good <laughs> working relationship, mustn't they? Yeah, it um, certainly seems. To- It'll be interesting to see what he, what, what he brings and what he, what he does. Um, you know, most managers find people that they're comfortable working with and, and that's clearly the case uh, in this example. Absolutely. Well, cool. let's move on to cool. some of the questions
1: that we've got from uh, supporters then. Stephen Bryan, uh, Ryan Lowe bought in 11 new players at Berry. Will he need to bring in similar numbers to fit his style at Argyle? What areas will he consider key to bringing in new faces from the current crop? Jack.
0: I think a lot of that depends on who signs new deals and who doesn't. We've already seen that Jan Songo announced that he was going to leave Argyle last week. Ryan Edwards has announced he's leaving. There's still futures of the likes of Graham Carey and Ruben Lemire to be decided. I know Gary Sawyer has signed up. So a lot's going to depend, depend on that. Argyle got quite a decent number of players, haven't they? You know, We spoke about how the fact that last year was the first year, I think that Argyle really started to hand out two-year deals to players in the, in the hopes of not having to have this, bringing in 11, 12 new players mm. every season. Um, so he'll have a lot to work with, but I definitely think there will be potential there to, to bring in players that he knows and to fit his style.
2: I think there's 12 players, with Gary Sawyer signing the, the contract that he was offered, I think there's 12 players under contract already. And then you've got a number of other players that have been offered new deals. Um, whether all of those will accept those or, or stay or not, I don't know. The Jan Songo one, wish him all the best. Jan was a great servant for Argyle. I, I do wonder, and I've no, I've got no inside information, but I just wonder... Would Jan Songo maybe have had a conversation with Ryan Lowe and would Ryan Lowe said, look, the, the style of play I'm going to go with isn't really going to suit mm-hmm. you. And I just wondered at the timing of Yan yeah. Songo's announcement, if, if there's been, what I'm suggesting is have there been conversations behind the scenes mm-hmm. already with players and saying, well, look, you know, I know you've been offered a new deal, but this is the way I'm going. I don't think you'd figure in my plans if I'm going that way. And I think there might be one or two people that might uh, fall yeah. into that category. You'd so. think so, wouldn't you? Because if, if Jan turned around and agreed it, just after Ryan Lowe, that's a percentage of your wage budget you
0: gone. Yes. If you're not yeah. going to play, you don't want to waste that. It's, so it's definitely added a new dynamic to that scenario. Um,
1: it's like we said on the podcast last week, you know, although the, the whole process was so dragged out and, and yes. took a while to, to be concluded, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no doubt that there would have been conversations going on behind the scenes. And that's probably a, a conversation yeah. that did happen. You know, yeah. Ryan Lowe talking to the players, he does want or doesn't want an Argyle. Going forward,
2: I, I think you know it is likely that he's had a conversation with a number of players already. Uh, I think his appointment was all but confirmed, quite a bit before it was actually announced. Mm. But it was just tying up the loose ends, and I suspect that you know Ryan Lowe would have had conversations with a number of people. And we'll we'll see what what happens uh, from there. But uh, yes, yeah, so I think although he was only appointed last week, I think there's been a bit of a run up to to getting him, getting him in position and it, things would have happened and things well, I'm sure things will start to snowball soon enough oh, yeah. they always yeah, do don't absolutely. they, they you know, so yeah. then I'm, I'm told that up to three Barry players will be following him so that would be you know, one definitely to watch out for yeah. another question on the list for the press conference Jim. yeah well it's yeah. another question for part two of our podcast oh, Okay,
1: Stephen Bright uh, sorry did Stephen's uh, Beavis Robbins will Ryan be able to have any say on those that have been offered new contracts that he doesn't want can offers be withdrawn
2: well, I suppose the, the Jan, if, if, if we're right about Jan Songo and perhaps had conversations, then maybe that is an example of that, yeah. isn't it? Um, I think the way you do it is you speak to the players that you've offered contracts to and you say, look, you're not going to figure in my plans. I know mm. you've been offered a new deal, mm. um, but you haven't signed it yet and you're not going to be in my plans. And if you say that, then it's up to the player yeah. uh, whether they want to accept that or not in those circumstances. So. You know, Ryan Edwards is, is not staying. Uh, Jan Songo's not staying. I, I do think there'll be, you know, one or two. Ruben Namirez I'd be very surprised if he stayed. You know, so there could be a number of players that might decide that they're, either decide that they don't want to take the offers up or that the managers made it clear that you're not going to be in my plans and... That player thinks, well, I don't really want to be here. Then, if I'm, if I'm not going to be playing.
0: And we can't rule out the fact that you never know. Some of these players that are under contract, like Safari, Moore, uh, Callum Dyson. Anyone could go. There's still mm. potential yeah. that even Fred Adapo on a on yeah. another year, but he might be bought up. You know, yeah. th- there are all sorts of contracts that could be ended with these two-year players. You just don't know, do you? There's going to be conversations still to be had, I'm sure, and yeah. some might leave that you know are under contract.
2: Uh, if if Ryan Lowe going to play the attacking style of football he did at Bury then he is going to need to make a few changes to the Argyle squad. He might not be able to do it immediately, mm-hmm. um, but if he wants to put his own yeah. mark and get his own style, he, he's going to have to change it a bit. Although, you know, Argyle are a League Two club next season. They're not going to have potfuls yeah. of money to be able to say, well, we're going to get rid of all these players here. And people say get rid of the players, but if you get rid of the players, you have to pay them to get rid of them. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not always as easy to make wholesale changes in one fell swoop, it might take you know a, a transfer window or two before he can. And also pre-season some because
0: some of these players might not be good enough for League One, but they might be okay in League Two. You know, hmm. there's you know because if you look at left and right back, they've got two players for each position now, haven't they? Safari Moore and Joe Riley at right back, and you've got Ashley Smith Brown and Gary Saw at left back. Hmm. So, for example, you would think that yeah. those situations are safe, but pre-season's a big chance you have to determine who's going to be good
2: enough and feature as well, because That's he's going to have time with these players. But that would be interesting, you just talk about the full-backs, but it looked like Ryan Lowe played three central defenders mm-hmm. for a lot of the time, so you're perhaps looking for wing-backs rather than full-backs. You know, it's, It'll be interesting. Yeah, you know, there's, there's going to be an awful lot to... Um, to digest in pre-season and look at how they line up and you know is he going to stick to the exact formation that he played at Bury or is he going to look at the squad that he's inherited and think well I can't quite play that the way I'd like to at the moment shall I just you know try and adapt it a little bit to fit the players I've got it'll be interesting you know do you go with your style and you try and fit the players to that or do you try and adjust your style to the players you've got so we'll, we'll find that out when pre-season they start playing games and, and what's going on. I guess as a you don't know that until you meet a bunch of players, do no, you really? it's, it's, Sometimes it's, it's, it's dangerous to have say that this is the way I'm yeah. going to play. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to play this, come what may. And if you haven't got the players to do it, then you're asking for trouble, aren't you? So sometimes you have to have that flexibility. I absolutely, yeah. yeah. Are there
1: any players that are out of contract? I mean, Graham Kerry's one that springs to mind that you really don't want to see leave our guard or Ruben Amiris I think Amiris. Is, is, is right up there yeah. um, because
0: they've created a lot you know Graham Carey's been a great servant for the club I think he'd do a good job in League 2 and, and what I'd say is that again we, we don't know how Rhino's going to line up but his record if he does play in a similar style I think that could be got potential to be too exciting for the likes of Graham Carey yeah. and Ruben Amiris if they somehow manage to keep them both I don't think that's likely you know, Chris, you're quite sure that you think Ruben Luiz will go, aren't you? For obvious reasons, he was a fantastic player. He was yeah. been born a free transfer. Yeah, it's it's going to be almost absurd if he's not wanted by a number of other clubs. But I mean, I'm definitely as a fan. I'm definitely excited. And I can't wait for preseason to start. I really, I can't wait to be at the first preseason game. I'm really excited.
1: Well, you kind of echo uh, Beavis' thoughts here because he he added he just wanted to to say that he's not been this excited about a management appointment since Ian Holloway, or even Peter Shilton. Massive congratulations to Simon Hallett and the board. And I think that's kind of the general feeling amongst the Green Army right yeah, now. Yeah, and
2: other people I've met out and about um, uh, are pleased and excited, and um, and that's good. And you know, you're coming off a relegation, uh, but there's a bit of a feel good fact to come back again. Obviously, it's always going to depend on results and performances and things like that. But Argyle, I've gone out and got a young, ambitious, seems to be talented manager, um, it's not just another run-of-the-mill appointment. So I think that's what's excited fans. Oh, well, they'll have gone out and they've had to work hard and pay some money and get somebody in to do the job. And if you're prepared to go that far to get a young, ambitious manager like Ryan like, no, then you've got to back him and you've got to give him a bit of time. And if he plays it, uh, you know, good attacking football, fans will always lap that up. And it's so rare that
0: for Argyle to appoint someone that's not been sacked from somewhere else. you know Ryan Lowe's a very short managerial career you know we can't overlook that but the fact is he's not been sacked for failing elsewhere it's an exciting appointment and I totally agree with Beavis that I can't remember the last time I was this excited just purely based on the appointment you know things build once you start hearing but we've not even heard from Ryan Lowe properly yet yeah. but I have that excitement and yeah I can't, I can't wait to hear what Chris comes back with tomorrow
1: well, welcome back to the second part of the podcast. Um, we mentioned it in part one, Chris, um, you did a piece last week looking at potential Berry players that can mm. move to, to Argyle. Yep. We believe that there's up to three that could be following Ryan Lowe down to the West Country. Um, who, who's your
2: money on? Well <laughs> da, da, give Danny. Us some tips. Danny, <laughs> Danny Mayer looks a good, a good yeah. prospect to me. Uh, we've come across him, Argyle, when Argyle and Berry have played each other in recent years. It sounded as though his form dropped off a little bit um, in recent seasons, but last year he was back on song, perhaps because of his style of play that Ryan Lowe played. Um, he got into the PFA League Two Team of the Year. He's a good attacking wide player. If you're going to lose a Ruben Lemirez or a Graham Carey or both, uh, and I still think there's a chance Carey will stay, but you know, Danny Mayer would be a, a good apl- a good replacement to come in absolutely proven at league two level successful scored plenty of goals last season Uh, would fit the style of play would know the manager well so he on the face of it would be a really good um, acquisition attacking football so nicky maynard went to Berry last season former bristol city striker went to bristol city for 2.25 million pounds um a few years ago he's 32 now but scored 21 league goals one of the top scorers in league two last season uh you know again somebody that seemed to thrive from from playing under nicky lowe his career was sort of drifting away being at aberdeen hadn't done a lot and then he went to Berry. Signed only at the end of September, I think it was, and still finished with twenty-one goals. So he got twenty-one goals in not a full season. Good game. Um, Played at a higher level before. If you could get him in, he would give you a real potent goal threat. If he's um, a little bit too um, expensive, or you know, financially that's difficult. Um, Don Telford was a player that they signed to play up front last season. A lot of the time, he he was coming off the bench rather than starting games. Former Bristol Rovers loan signing. Um, so knows the West Country again. Somebody that scored goals um, from limited appearances. I'm sure Ryan Lowe will want to bring in one or two attacking players that he knows that he can just slot straight into the style of play he wants. So those players that, that intrigue me, and there has been talk about um, defender, left-sided defender Chris Stokes, um, who uh, very solid player, left back, left-sided centre back, um, somebody that, again that would um, would know exactly what. Uh, Ryan Lowe and Steve Schumacher are all about and what they want from players so those are the sort of names that are floating around Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if any all of those turn up but yeah, if, if, I think if Argonne could get a Danny Meyer or something like that, I think that would be a really good sign. It would be interesting
0: to see just because of the wages scenario. We know mm. Barry were throwing money at their players yes. and that's the one thing Argonne might have trouble with. And I almost wonder whether if there is still interest in Freddie Ladipo mm. and just say they needed a bit of finance to bring in the likes of Maynard, if you yes. could sell Ladipo for 750000 then bring in Nicky Maynard on a free transfer
2: and then maybe spend some of that money on yeah. some other players, maybe that's the way to go. I think that's a, that's a fair shout, Jack. Mm. You know, you might have to do something like that. But um, you know, if you can get two or three in for one going out then you know that might be something you'd need to consider but you know Ryan Lowe might look at it and think well I want to play this really exciting brand of football in League 2 and there's a guy that scored 19 goals in League 1 last season you know it would be might be really desperate to keep him in and yeah. implementing what they've got. So. And the fact
0: is, you know, like on the flip side, Nicky Maynard's not getting any
2: younger. And no. if he can go to a, a
0: place where the manager he trusts, when his career's mm. possibly coming towards the end, you know, yeah. that, that might
2: work as well. So there's so, so many different variables, isn't there, in this sort of thing? Yeah, and then sort of even surprisingly, when it comes to player recruitment, the, the name of Jurgen Klopp has cropped up, yeah. which is not easy to say. <laughs> I had a pause just before I said it, but I mean, that's an intriguing link, isn't it? This is the interesting oh.
1: thing for me because we've heard it quite often before where managers say, Oh, I've got contacts with all the oh. big clubs, oh. but we are on such a limb out here, oh. it quite often boils down to the player. Do they want to sort yes. of up sticks and move as far away as and that's the Western Country? If you don't have a load, load of
0: finances, that is a way to go sometimes. You know, I don't think possibly Derek Adams used the loan market as well as he could have done last season, I would maybe argue. I, I think it depends who's out there, obviously. Um, but you know if he's been up and around the, the northwest and has and he's got experience of bringing these players in and making them better. Then it could be a win-win mm-hmm. scenario. And sometimes some of these younger players need the experience of moving away and just getting away from the bubble. I can't remember who it was. Was it? I think it might be Luke Young. that said he'd never really moved far away from Plymouth yeah. to go into Wrexham. I think it was was good for him in terms of his life skills as well. So mm-hmm. there there is something to be said about moving this far down oh, I totally agree. as well. So
1: it's it's a it's a t- t- double edged sword, isn't it? You know you've got the players that want to go out that it would be good for the benefit of their careers and those that don't want to because they're happy in the bubble that they're in and,
0: and again if you're, if you're coming if you're speaking to Ryan Lowe and he's saying look I want to play this attacking style of football it will suit you perfectly you could get your name out there and a round in league two and then maybe
2: you can go to a club that's a bit closer to home that's an attractive sell in my, in my eyes mm-hmm. yeah I mean they're not going to be household names from Liverpool no. because our goal are in league two yeah. it's going to be young 18, 19 year old lads you'd imagine that are probably going out on loan for the first time And and if they're coming to a club managed by a Liverpudlian, you know whose style of play has been compared. I mean, I don't know. This is putting pressure on Ryan Lowe, isn't it, when you're comparing his style of football to Jurgen Klopp's? But you know, um, it's a it's a good selling point, isn't it? There's there's a good. You could come to a club that looks as though it's ambitious, looks as though it wants to do well next season, and yeah. So it's it's going to be fascinating to see what players come in because it it feels like a, a really. You know, new era, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it feels like things are going to change quite considerably when it comes to the players. I don't think I'm being biased. Please do tell me if you think
0: I am. But also, Plymouth Argyle, I think, will go back to being one of the big clubs in the league again. You know, with them and Bradford. I think, w- with the attendances as well, mm. I think there's potentially all the big boys in the league all of a sudden, rather than in League One, Argyle are one of the, uh, the smaller teams. You, you would say. Yeah,
1: but well, we were talking earlier on, weren't we? There's no sort of real big games in League Two. No, no big clubs. You know, well the only big game season.
0: I we re- 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 spoke about is the
2: Devon Derby in yeah. terms of getting a big yeah. crowd
0: obviously league position and the style of football will all be dependent but in terms of
2: just based on the fixture apart from yeah. Swindon maybe but you know there's, there's not an obvious no. big game is there although you know you look at some of the clubs I mean Northampton Town are, are going for it on the signings front so you know, yeah they've signed a fair few they signed a f- fair Eight few already, already, so, so yes. we, can, we can keep an eye on who we think might be in the running uh, for another podcast coming. Oh, they-
1: well, another question from Stephen was um, what contacts does Ryan Lowe have to bolster the Argyle squad? We've spoken about the Liverpool mm-hmm. one there. I guess Schumacher will have contacts at Everton, mm-hmm. wouldn't he, you know? so um, Yeah,
2: yeah. and let's talk about Stephen Gerrard up at Rangers again, yeah. the, the Liverpudlian link sort of thing. So, I think they're in the same youth team together as well, Lowe yeah. and Gerrard. So. so we can ask about that and see. Yeah. So, so he's got contacts. Right? Yeah. You know, he's been around football a long time, a very successful striker, um, scored lots of goals, you know, strong links with Barry, but, you know, If you've been in that northwest of England, Mm. you will have mixed with an awful lot of people. You know, you've got the Manchester clubs, the Liverpool clubs, all the other. Yeah. Um, So you'd imagine you'd have good contacts, and And let's let's not forget the
0: head of recruitment as well. You know, he's he's been appointed, Mm. and they're going to have to get to. You mentioned Mm. your five things that priorities for Rhino, They're going to have to get to know each other, and he's going to have his own contacts as well. So it's a good it's a good pool of uh, of knowledge to pull together. I think.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Uh, How long do you think it will take? Ryan Lowe to mould Argyle into the attacking force that Barry were do Argyle fans need to be patient? I think they do need to be patient but you know
0: Argyle have got used to slow starts over the last few mm. years under Derek Adams you know, it, it, became, it became a thing but you've got to give a manager time you can't in my view judge someone after just a few weeks you know, it's, it's going to be an important season and there's no doubting that everyone connected to Argyle and I'm sure that's from the board downwards they're going to want Argyle to be pushing at the top end of that League 2 next year but if it gets to October, November, and then mid table or, or, or mid to lower table, then you just need to give it a bit of time, I think. It's easy to say that, isn't it? Well, but it is. He's a young, ambitious manager that's going to try and play a certain style, and you've got to give it time to adapt. Players, very rare does it click
1: into place like that. And Chris kind of hit the nail on the head as well when he said, Was it 12 players that are under contract for next season? Mm. You know, if he doesn't fancy many of those 12 players, mm. then he has to wait, really, to get them off the wage bill
2: because yeah. it, it, it's going to be difficult to get rid of them otherwise. Everyone is going to want to see Argo promoted next season and there's no reason why they can't. But from day one, are they going to be able to play this exciting brand of football that we keep talking about? Probably not. I mean, it will take time. You can play friendlies and you know, we've done podcasts before about the, the relevance and importance of pre-season games, but it's bound to take time. You know, it isn't going to happen overnight. You can have five weeks of pre-season, that is not going to gel you into a team and understand exactly what the manager wants. So it will take time, it will take patience. But, you know, Argyle have made a big commitment to Ryan Lowe, so, um, you know, you would think that he's going to have a good amount of time to be able to really um, mould Argyle into the, to the unit mm. he wants.
1: It's almost like the Argyle board would accept, you know, sort of staying in League 2, really, but then the second season will be the one where they really expect to see some
2: I think they'll want promotion next season I'm sure Do they you? will yeah but it might not be from day one it might have to you know get off to a steady start and then try and you know second half of the season have a real push and and, and you know get into it you know the, the January transfer window maybe make one or two changes there as well you know and you know try and get yourselves uh, up and running uh, I think they'll they'll, they'll Definitely want promotion. Yes. One no. of the reasons for appointing Ryan Lowe is that he won promotion last season with Barry. At so the first attempt. At the yeah. first attempt. But um, I think the, the the question is will from day one they might not be what they're going to be at day 300 or something yeah. like that so there it might, it might be patience needed yeah definitely say, there's no doubt in my mind that anything other than a top 7 finish would be a disappointing season I've, I mm.
0: don't think you can pay £150,000 rumoured mm. for a manager to not want that I think mm. you know as well as the new grandstand where you want to be in mm. league one there's so many different aspects that mm. I think anything other than going for promotion it will be seen as Failure, really.
1: and especially as it's, it sounds as though you know Ryan's been told that he's going to get a financial and investment, he'll, in and Brent he'll well, well. Ryan
0: will know that that's the target. He's yeah. an ambitious manager. He's not come to stay in League no. Two. I'm sure of it. You but. know, he, he's just he's left a club all right there in financial turmoil, but in League One to come to Argyle for 150,000 pounds. Apparently, he's going to want that as well. So I don't think that's going to be any shock to him that they're going for promotion yeah, next
1: true. year. Uh, Richard Vaughan is saying Simon Haller has shown ambition by firstly paying off Adams, secondly paying to get Ryan Low in, and then becoming majority shareholder. Surely this means our goal will now go for it a bit more in the transfer market this year. Wouldn't make sense doing all the former and then not investing in the team?
2: And I think they'll invest in the team. But again, I would I would stress the point that um, surely it means we will go for it a bit more in the transfer market this year. And yes, I think they will. But, you know, he has, as Richard raises his in his question, made a, quite a lot of a commitment already in paying off Derek Adams, paying to get low in becoming majority shareholder. So there has to be Yes, I think they will. They will have a, a go at it in the transfer market, but don't expect them to be spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on of players. Because you know Simon Howlett's that's already contributed a lot. You've got to be sensible, wise, use his contacts, get some good loan signings in, get some shrewd signings, get some players in that he's worked with before that he can persuade to come in. Um. So yeah, I I think they're going to go for it. They if they just wanted to be mid table in League Two next season, they could have got any out-of-work manager, yeah. couldn't they? You didn't name anyone, that. I thought you were going to but, name someone in the no, but yeah. you could. No, but you <laughs> yeah. could have got anyone, yeah, and just to, to trundle along, yeah. and just have a steady season, and then maybe next season, you know, the season after to try and have a go. But the appointment of Ryan Lowe, and the way they've gone about it, and the compensation they've had to pay, and all the, the hurdles that have gone, that is, to me, smacks of an appointment that we want to get promotion, we want automatic promotion. Now, whether they come out and say that quite as bluntly as that, you know, we'll see in press conferences to come. But, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that they want promotion next season. I, and
0: I still stick to the fact that you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands to get promotion from League no. no, so two uh, no. You know, maybe in League One, maybe you're getting to the point where you do try to do that. But in League Two, there's, there's seven
2: places where you can battle for promotion. Um, you can, there's plenty of good free players out there. Look at what Derek Adams did at Argyle. You know, yeah. he didn't spend a fortune on You know, he made a couple of shrewd signings in your carries and people like that and um, put together a promotion-winning squad with, you know, Jimmy Spencers and Jordan Slough No, no you know. disrespect. You know,
0: the, the team yeah. that John Sheridan got into the wasn't the best team in the world, was it? Well, I just think you can, you, can, you can almost be mediocre and still have a chance of getting promoted from League Two. I really do believe that. I don't think you need to spend hundreds of thousands. Of that, I think... That would be a very dangerous game if <laughs> they did start doing that. Decent signings
2: in the right yeah. areas, and if
0: you can maybe up your wage a little bit to mm. bring in some players, I think that's where our goal would be more successful. Is, is just trying to bridge hey, that the wages gap a little the bit more. Phase. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying suddenly go out paying you know eight grand a week to yeah. nowhere near that, but if you can just sort of put it there I don't, I, I don't think fans will be disappointed if Argyle aren't splashing out on transfer fees that's my point
1: yeah well, one final thing then guys I think it would be um, remiss of us to not talk about James Brent on the podcast given he left the home park ballroom last week um, the saviour of Argyle really isn't he Chris I mean, yes you know he came in if it wasn't for James Brent there would be no
2: Argyle yeah there would be no Argyle chat podcast yeah What the shame that would be <laughs> Parkway chat <channel. laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean James Brent has, has had his critics, but I think the majority of Argyle fans would acknowledge what, a, what an important job he did for Argyle. He was the saviour. There was no one else waiting in the wings um, to, to save Argyle. If he hadn't stepped in when he did, um, Argyle, I think, would have gone out of business. Um, he never said that he was going to spend vast sums of money on, on players and this, that and the other, but he's got the club into a, a financially stable position although they're still not making money or you know but it, he's got them into a lot better position uh, he made some very good managerial appointments because at the time when john sheridan was appointed that was a bit of a surprise but john sheridan did a good job kept them up kept them in the league and then sort of laid the foundations maybe for when derek adams came in again derek adams was a a bit of an un, unexpected appointment uh, but they brought him in he turned out to be a, a good manager certainly for three and a half years um, so I think the appointments have been good and, and also he had the um, good sense, wisdom um, to, to realise that Simon Hallett was, was the man that could take Arbel forward and you know some chairman might have let egos get in their way and oh I don't want this newcomer coming in and stealing my glory, stealing my thunder but um, you know when I spoke to James last week he made it quite clear that pretty much from day one when Simon Hallett came on board the plan was to get to the stage we're at now, but you know to take the time to see if Simon Hallett was the right fit for Argyle. If Simon Hallett felt that Argyle was the right club that he wanted, and so they've done it gently. You know, Simon Hallett went from thirty percent to sixty percent, and now he's up to ninety-four percent. And so you've had this gradual transition of power. Um, and you know, Argyle now, you know, from when James Brent arrived, they're much, much, much better financially. That's obvious. They've got um, a good chairman that looks as though he'll be able to take the club forward. They've just appointed a, a young, ambitious manager. So uh, I think, you know, James uh, Brent deserves a, a lot of credit for that. He's, uh, he's He says he's still going to come along and, and watch games and we'll still see him there. and uh, But he won't be involved in in any of the, mm. the the day-to-day decisions like he has been for the last eight years.
1: Worth adding as well, the things off the pitch as well, you know, mm-hmm. like the improvements training grounds and things like that. Yeah, you know, and
2: where... so, sometimes that goes, goes unnoticed, you know, that the, the other infrastructure that goes into football clubs, you know, extra staff, you know, when, when Derek Adams arrived, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff was pretty uh, was pretty low and basic. So again, I think the club is a lot more professional than it was. It's, you know, it, it should be in a good position to go forward now. I mean, there's no guarantees in football, but everything looks as though with the grandstand, you know, coming along, it, it should be in a position to, to go forward. Yes, there's been a massive setback to get relegated you can't pretend otherwise that that isn't a massive setback, but, you know, it gives Argyle the opportunity to to start afresh and try and move forward. So, um, yeah, like I say, I think, you know, a, 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 when people look back in years to come and they look back at what James Brent uh, achieved as Argyle chairman and owner, I think they'll, the vast, vast majority will say it was for the good. Was it perfect? Was he always perfect? No. Did never is though is it some of the redevelopment plans for Home Park that never really got off the ground you know that, that you know wasn't quite how everyone would have liked it to but we have got to a stage where you know Argyle I've, I've got a grandstand is it the greatest grandstand that's ever been built no but it, it's going to serve the purpose and I, I genuinely do think that when it's finished I think most people will be impressed with it from the behind the scenes tours and from talking to people at the club. I think it will be good I think it really yeah. will be so and he appeared on this podcast
0: a few times and always happy yeah. to take you know we offer the chance for people to have a look at the questions and he never once I think turned any question down he was no. happy to answer any question and you've got to give some credit for that I think because he, he, he was quite honest in when he came on the podcast and I think there's a lot of possibly chairmen out there that might not be so he was always great to us when he came in as well
1: yeah absolutely and we wish him all the best for the future right chaps well, that's all we have time for this week a big thanks to Chris and Jack for joining me on the show We'll be back with more of the same next week. Until then, bye-bye and thanks for listening. We are always happy to hear from you and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald PAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.